somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way. Chewy, we're home. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning into the Geekiverse YouTube channel here. And if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud, very, very excited to introduce actually another new Geekiverse series. It's been a long time coming. Last week, uh, we introduced PlusCast, which is our all Disney Plus-based podcast. Now we're doing a new one uh, based on Star Wars here in the lead up to Rise of Skywalker. So we're going to call it Hindsight, a Star Wars series. Uh, I'm your host, Josiah Leroy. With me today, John Fick. Hey, thanks for having me. Kep Amerikonski himself. It's been a long time coming. What's up? 1999, Seth Zelinsky. That's right. I, draw, <laughs> I got my best. I'm just trying to really put myself in the frame of mind for each of these movies. Just what kind of a, a, a crispy little alt-rock loving uh, fella I was back in the day. <laughs> so, uh, so here we are. I, I crispied myself as best I can and uh, hopefully it'll inform my opinion. It is very crispy. Yeah, it looks good. My hair's very curly. It's hard to get this crispy, but... I like it. Uh, so episode one here, we are talking about Star Wars episode one, The Phantom Menace. Uh-huh. Uh, throughout this series, we are going to kind of, uh, if you are familiar with our spoiler cast series or uh, a lot of other popular uh, pop culture media entities, we'll do the review kind of uh, as we go along here. So I, I think it's funny to say, but needless to say, spoilers for Star Wars episode one, 1999, this came out, folks. If you haven't seen it, why are you watching us? Yeah, but I'm the, flattered as well. What's the statute of limitations on uh, spoilers for a movie? Honestly, I think there's different degrees of it, but for... 19 years is mine, so I think we're just we're just good. Okay, good. My answer is drastically different. <laughs> um, for, like, Last Jedi, I was at, like, a week. Oh, yeah. Easily. Like, I... There's certain circumstances, but for the most part, if you cared about that movie, you're seeing it in the first week. Sure. You can't say spoilers otherwise. I'm very adamant about that. Fair enough. So anyway, um, let's talk about uh, kind of the time around this movie. So this came out in theaters uh, 1999, as I mentioned. Uh, What was the original? May 19th. What a time to be a young boy. So I was eight, uh, eight years old when this came out. I was 12 Twelve years old, I was um, I was the the supposed ideal age for uh, for a Star Wars movie. I might have been the ideal age for this. I think you see it when you're twelve years old. Is you're starting to figure out the world, and yeah, that indicate that I have the most correct opinion. Oh boy, as the I don't know. I feel like you guys are going to just share the same opinion on this. So we'll we'll get there. We'll get excited for that. (laughs) Um, So the the hype around this movie. Off the charts, uh, unbelievable. Whether it was people, it's funny to think of, but like nowadays, we all wait in line on our favorite app, whether that's Fandango or, or Regal, AMC, you name it, to get our tickets. Cineplex for our Canadian fans out there. That's right. Uh, but back in the day, it was waiting in line at the theater to get your tickets for this. Uh, so, so my brother did. Waited <laughs> just, hours and hours. I never had to deal with any of that, but. I was going to say, your brother done. would be the guy yeah. uh, that comes to mind for this. But mm. that's um, it's funny to think now how different it is uh, just 20 years later. Anyway, uh, people are hyped off the off the charts for it. We're seeing the backstory of Darth Vader here. We, we don't know who this Darth Maul guy is. Uh, we're seeing the young Obi-Wan Kenobi. Very exciting. Uh, then we get to the movie. As time, I don't know. I don't remember it being as Poorly received right out of the gate. I feel like that built slowly, quickly, quickly, quickly out of the gate. 
I don't know. I, I was I was nine. I don't remember. Yeah, I have no. Like, I can't first conceptualize time, the pop culture reaction to that movie. I don't. I have no idea. First time someone told me like that the prequels are garbage was basically by the time episode three had come out. Like I was like blind to the concept that these were not good movies. I see. I yeah. didn't think they were necessarily the best movies of all time, but I love Star Wars and I loved them and I was young. Mm-hmm. I still love them, but I'm just saying like it was foreign to me that someone could not like these movies. Yeah, I remember seeing it at the time. And me being kind of too young to um, to really have uh, like enough of a critical eye to know like if something isn't good. Some say I still don't have that, but uh, <laughs> at the time I just remember thinking I I really love the lightsaber battle. I like a couple other things. I don't understand what was going on in the rest of it, but that to me that didn't register as like, oh, that's that's a bad thing that you didn't really understand how everything was actually. Excuse me, Sorry. how dare you? Oh, I, I want people to hear your opinion. Here, ready, ready. Okay, not Bring to pop lock this, but okay. <laughs> Real close. Uh, yeah. So at the time, I just thought, oh, I like this stuff, and then it is what it is. So as time went on. It I kind get of, it now. Whenever, whenever kind of the cultural sense of, of this movie is not good set in, I was just like, I, I would just always accepted it. I, I never really pushed back against it. What's personally. funny is here we are, and we've got kind of decorations on the table, as you can see. So I own these. Uh, I own this movie way too many times for it being so poorly received. But VHS, uh, when the Blu-rays came out in 2011, I think it was. And then the DVD. Uh, John's got the Steelbook Blu-ray, which I have floating around somewhere as well. But there's so many different versions, so many yet to come out with what they're going to do for, you know, the Rise of Skywalker, the the boxed editions of this, the 4K, you name it. Um, maybe the unaltered theatrical cuts of the original trilogy. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. You think 100- so? Yes. Yeah, yeah no doubt. They, now that they, the Fox, they was the, yeah, Fox was the big hiccup, right? Like Fox owned that stuff, and now they own Fox. I just so don't it's... know what was in that contract with Lucas. True. Yeah. What he what what he's gonna because he doesn't want those being seen, but not really up to him. But I don't know. He's got four I mean, bill. It's, it's out there. It's all out there. Just can't buy it. You can just pirate it. I mean, I have my despecialized editions, so it's like, you know, I got those. <laughs> I got those. <laughs> That'll right. do it. So, initial reactions to the movie, whether you were uh, whether we're talking initial reactions as a kid or even just now, because basically we're rewatching these. I know a ton of you at home will be doing the same thing in the lead up to Rise of Skywalker. We're going uh, chronological. Rise of Skywalker's tying everything together. Uh, yeah. All nine movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. That's why we're doing this. It's, it's trying to, to. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> it's certainly fine. trying to. Are, are we are we doing Rogue One and uh, Solo as well? Yeah, I think we should. I think we why should. Not? Okay, yeah. why not? If we're gonna commit, let's commit. Let's do it. Let's, let's go just, all in on this. Let's do it. Yeah. So initial reactions to Episode One. Either of you. So very much like you guys. You guys kind of went through your impressions when you were a kid. I'm on the same page. Uh, when I was a kid, this was just this was Star Wars. I've heard so much about Star Wars. Saw the original tri- trilogy as a kid. Um, zero through seven before this movie comes out. So I don't have too much of a, a grasp on what those movies really meant. But I was excited. That dude has red face paint. That's going to be cool. His sword lights up. I was excited. Um, loved it, and just like you guys, I didn't realize it was a bad movie until somebody told me it was a bad movie. Did you see um, the original trilogy first? Yes, definitely. Um, okay. I don't know if I could have... I, I didn't know it well. I was young. I was very young, sure. but I had definitely seen them. They were out of my house. I, my parents owned the VHS, so I definitely seen them, but I, I wouldn't have called myself a Star Wars fan that young in that frame of mind before seeing The Phantom Menace. This became an obsession for me. This was probably like my first pop culture obsession, and mm-hmm still is the most prominent to this day. Uh, so 1997, the special editions hit the movie theaters. Uh, and that's when my dad took me. I, so I was six. 
And he, he kind of asked me, he goes, do you have any interest in seeing Star Wars? Do you know what Star Wars is? And I kind of heard about it. Uh, my cousins were older. They loved it. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'd like to see it. So he took me to the mall one day, said two tickets to Star Wars, saw a New Hope special edition, and that was it. Done for me. And then they all came out within a few months of each other, the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah, theater. that was all 97, yeah. Um, and man, I was hooked. Uh, we got the, the VHS right at home, and it was always on at our house, always. Uh, just That was it. So by the time this rolled around, my hype was real high for it, mm-hmm. um, even being that young. Yes, yeah, me as well. Um, me and my brother would... Um, Always scope out um, uh, the toy situation, the oh, all yeah. the fast food stuff. You had Pizza Hut, you had Taco Bell, you had KFC, oh, poppers, yes, all the bus. different toys for all the different things. I would always get a get a Choco Taco from Taco Bell oh. uh, because I didn't like any of their other food, and uh, <laughs> uh, scope out the get all the toys. And then eventually, me and my brother started doing this thing where we would buy a bunch of toys that were on sale at uh, some place like uh, uh, Toys R Us, return them where they were being sold for more expensive at Target. And make a bunch of money. You did not have to. They were they were very loose with what you could return back in those days. So we used to. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, we would even for Star Wars toys. We we I did. We had. A <laughs> Listen, to this guy. No, no. There was a a a, a trunk full of these crappy Anakin Skywalker like eight inch dolls that like uh, I I think it was Toys R Us was was because they were supposed to be twelve inch, but he's little. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. I just remember there was a, my brother opened up. It was like opening up a, a, a trunk in Reservoir Dogs and just seeing just oh a, a whole gosh. bunch of Anakin's and us just returning all this. And my brother's like, "Yeah, yeah, for for a birthday party." <laughs> oh my so god! Made a lot of money. That's a great target. A lot of money. Get this man right here. That's insane. What are you gonna do? So, He's talking a statute of limitations. What? That's a great segue <laughs> to to my initiation with Star Wars uh, memorabilia and kind of how I got into this movie and got excited for it. Um, my next door neighbor, who was younger than me, had a Star Wars, for, uh, not Force Awakens, Phantom Menace-themed birthday party, and it was before the movie had come out. So wh- when did it come out? Uh, what month? Uh, May 99. So he was he was just a few months before that for sure, because I remember he was super hyped for this movie. He would never, not stop talking about it. And he had this birthday party, and he had everything. He had the, the Darth Maul uh, pinata. He had like the party bags. I remember specifically these um, these Star Wars bouncy balls that he had, and that was what got me interested in Star Wars. I'm like, <laughs> there are so many different toys, and all of his birthday presents were all Star Wars toys. So I'm like, this this movie has so many toys. I want to love this too. So many. So the hey. next week, I made my grandma take me out shopping to find toys, <laughs> and of course, the movie was so hyped there you couldn't find any Star Wars toys. Yeah. So what did we find at Party City? A stack full of Darth Maul plates, <laughs> birthday plates. And that was like my first piece of Star Wars memorabilia, and I loved those plates. Huh. I threw them around like little discs. <laughs> that was that was my first Star Wars. Like Good for you, you just like sparked right. that memory for me. That's how I got into Star Wars, and that's why I got very excited. interesting. Wow, yeah, that's what got me excited for these movies: some plates, some Darth huh. Maul plates. Wow. Well, I'm glad the marketing did did so good. I I always I, I look fondly upon the 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 uh, Star Wars marketing. I, I I you know commercialism in general. I don't know. I have I have a big soft spot for it. So that's that's cool to hear. And um, yeah, that's so, such a the, the, nobody else has that gateway to Star Wars. Nobody else has had that that origin story. Do you remember Amanda. the um, the a Pepsi promotions for these? Like they had the Pepsi cans that had different characters yeah. on them. Yeah. I man, we used to collect the heck out of those. We would always be hoping for a certain character. Hmm. And even like recently, um, so. Down the street in Buffalo from Key Bank Center, where the Sabres play, there's a, a little cafe called uh, Milo's. 
and it's it's been there forever. But you go in and they have an Obi-Wan Kenobi cardboard cutout from those promotions. It's a Pepsi or it's a Mountain Dew promotion. I love that stuff. Side note, I remember being in a Walmart like late at night past midnight or something with my brother and one of his friends, Chris. And uh, they were standing around <laughs> debating about whether or not they were going to steal that. <laughs> that very same stand you're talking about. Oh, That's no. They were thinking about darting out the door. With, they had a lot of schemes back then. Some of them were just blatant criminal behavior. Now that I mean, I most of that sounds it. like. <laughs> yeah. There was also in this cafe a, uh, oh, what's it called? There was a, a Queen Amidala one, uh, which mm-hmm. I think was just Pepsi. But I love that stuff. Have either of you been to Sweet Jenny's Ice Cream Place? No, Sounds actually. Familiar. So it's off. So this is just Buffalo people. Sorry if you're not from Buffalo. This isn't for you. Um, there's an ice cream place right off of Main Street. Um, if, if you're familiar with the bar Morpat, it's also right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Williamsville Main Street. It's an ice cream shop slash comic book store. And they have so much episode one memorabilia there. <laughs> they have all of the cups from Taco Bell um, with all yeah. the little bus on them. They have a, a life-size Watto. <laughs> I don't know why they made that, but this guy bought it. Um, it's oh. all for sale, too. The, the guy's a big comic guy, and he sells all this stuff. But m- make a point to get out to Sweet Jenny's. Ice cream's incredible, but it is a trip <laughs> down memory lane, man. Dude, we, uh, even at the old Geekiverse studio, like Pete went to like some uh, like garage sale or flea market, maybe it was, and he just picked up all this old Episode 1 merch. Like There was the yellow uh, Naboo Starfighter that we had like that mm-hmm. was this big. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just no end to the, the stuff that we had. I must have like a handful of those really cheap Darth Maul uh, lightsabers, not the kind the that actually that make noise. Like this much? No, they went yeah. out all the way, but like the plastic is definitely Super like you thin. can bend it oh, easily. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of a there was a there was a Darth Maul lightsaber that dispensed candy that you would flick it out, but the, <laughs> the blades were like that. Mm. that no, right, well, thank you for tuning in to Star Wars Toys and Review. That's, uh, that's yeah. I, so I I love the merchandise surrounding these. We'll have to dig up some more of it as we get into the other episodes um, yeah. and yeah, just see your surrounding. The table's gonna get cooler and cooler. Oh my gosh, yeah, uh-huh. it's relatively bare now. So, um, one thing we didn't decide, and we can decide this on air if we know, um, I have my, like my definitive Star Wars rankings. I know John's kind of working on his, I don't know if Seth, you have a list or not. I think I have a pretty good idea of mine. Yeah. Do you need need something? My thought was not now, but later in just before we end, do we want to reveal where episode one lands on our, our ranking of the 10 Star Wars movies and leave the other ones blank? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Let's How do, do you that. Feel? And that's, we're going to list them fine. out. And we, what my thought was, because I know you're going through it right now, and yeah. obviously there can be a little deviation. We could change it. So let, let's say, like, where is it today? And if in a, for some reason in a few weeks that changes for another Update. episode, okay. we could. Do you want to do that? Yeah, that's fine. All I right. like that. I, I, I think like that. that'll be fun. So we'll, we'll make some graphics. We'll put some graphics on screen. I'll take care of that. Right okay. there. Um, I'll get them to you. Well, later in the episode, Seth. Right there. All right. Okay. All okay. right. This guy. Twice. Take the one back. So. <laughs> Well, what do we want to get to? We want to get to the, the article I wrote a few years ago. Let's, or, yeah, or let's talk more reaction here. Let, let's talk about Maybe how we feel about the movie today. Let's do that. Okay. Let's talk about how do we feel do about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace today. Josiah, how do you feel about the movie? If you were to watch it today, like you should have I yesterday. It yesterday. There you go. <laughs> how did you feel about that movie yesterday? Uh, I gotta say, it's. Maybe it's just because I feel like I'm old now. I'm, I'm not. I know, but still, I feel like there's there's. If I'm not fully awake, <laughs> this one is tough to get through. It was tough to get through. Uh, I I still love it. I'm unashamed to say that. I still love it. I don't care if it's not a, a good movie, per se. I still love Star so you, Wars. you can recognize the fact that you don't think it's a good movie. No, there's definitely flaws in it. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's there's no doubt about is it. Is it a good movie? I don't want to say it's good not a good movie. Good movies can have flaws. <laughs> 
Listen, I uh, I don't want to say it's not a good movie. Okay. It's not. That's what I'm asking you. All right. All I right. enjoy it. That's all there is to it. That's fine. <laughs> if that's where you want to lay, I was, uh, so I'm just throwing it out there. I, I There's so many parts um, that are tough to get through, and there's so many parts that I really enjoy. I think back to when I was a kid, I loved the pod race sequence. Now I feel like it's so drawn out. I still love the pod racing. Hmm. I still love it. I never really grabbed onto it. I, I thought it was fun. Little known it. fact, I liked NASCAR when I was a kid, so I think that has something to do with it. Oh, yeah, like, shout out to Trevor Worth. That's the worst. Trevor still likes NASCAR. I know. Though. He sends me stuff all the time, and I just block him. It's the worst. It's so bad. <laughs> Trevor, I love you, man. Clip you're this out. Send it to Trevor. You're one of the last few remaining people I know. No, they sell those places out. Every, I don't know. We're not going into NASCAR. No, no, NASCAR that's a tangent. review is a different, different we podcast. <laughs> we're starting that, though. If so, we ever do a NASCAR review episode, I don't even know. We're going like, to need so much more alcohol. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I'm pod racing. I I liked it. I liked it. It's it's drawn out to a point for me, but you still enjoy it. Yeah, I think I think it, it's fine. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's not as long as I thought it was. I, I rewatched <laughs> this movie over the weekend, and it did not last as long as I, as I remember. I probably haven't seen this movie before this weekend in five years it's been a while i i do a a binge of the star wars movies or a a rewatching, i should say at least once a year okay it's probably twice a year since we've been getting a star wars a new star wars movie every year uh so i i've seen it my fair share and my gosh did i watch it a lot in the lead up to attack of the clones again being young i just i watched it like there was no tomorrow okay it's crazy um what's funny uh, too in that pod racing uh, one of the sequences you see aura singh who's a Kind of a famous side character now, and they talk. They reference her in Solo as having. That's right. Yeah, an original EU character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's in the the Clone Wars as well. Uh, so you see this mm-hmm. kind of this like very pale skinned uh, bounty hunter with a a ponytail. That's or saying that that's who I'm talking Red. about. Red as a sour ale. It is. Yeah. Uh, Seth, uh, what do you what do you think of the movie? Um, I am generally, you know, on and. In with the the general conception that uh, that's not a good movie. Um, I I, uh, I hold off on the ranking, but it's it's very low. It uh, <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> at least, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 hard to really go into things about this movie that haven't already been said. But it's it's just I I've always been just on board with it you know it's 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 slow there's there's few good moments i don't think it's uh, i think in general starting anakin's story with his childhood instead of his adolescence like they you know we did with luke and with ray uh didn't make a lot of sense and um yeah there were just a lot of ways that this movie was produced that just um is is so different than the original trilogy or the sequel trilogy uh even though the sequel trilogy is part of this uh is part of the you know the disney machine now it's it's still um there's a lot of uh inventiveness and and an artistry going on in in the new movies that is uh difficult uh, the the prequel environment is difficult for it to thrive and in in hindsight i you know, we, we we see a lot of what George was trying to do with them, but ultimately, it's uh, you know a, a, some really good ideas that are uh, uh, troubled by poor execution. That uh, I think he, he kind of gets into a groove the the later the prequels go along. But Episode One is um, it's a low point, I have to say. Sorry to say, he tried to bring in to help with uh, uh, in terms of direction for it, and famously, Ron Howard. Uh, was, was right. Uh, yeah, he didn't want to do it because he. I mean, I, allegedly that the story was that he didn't want to 
to like take this task on. Yeah, want to work on such a big project, right? Right. Yeah. The first Star to be Wars responsible in, for. Or, you know, I mean, at the time, it is like the original trilogy, and now this is the first new thing mm-hmm. since then. It, it yeah. is monumental. It's 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 a, it's a much bigger ask than taking on a, a solo spinoff film. Oh, totally. In first Star Wars in sixteen years. Yeah. At that point, right? So that's yeah. that's a long time between movies. Yeah, that is interesting uh, to note that it's like he was a little bit like it wasn't necessarily his first choice for him to do everything. I think too, like that gets lost in history a bit. Um, and it resurfaced with Ron Howard doing solo is that it was, it feels like the perception was George Lucas was always like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm in control of it. This is where I want to take it for better Mm. or worse, but it doesn't sound like it was that way. Like he wanted help and he couldn't attract the help that he needed to kind of bring in that direction. Yeah. And I don't also, know how much of a difference it makes in the end. Yeah. And also just it's it, uh, you know, you could tell that there's extensive be- behind the scenes footage of uh, the making of that movie. And oh, I watched all t- of it. It's on the DVD. Yeah. yeah. And it would get right there. Tons. And, and you could. Yeah. You can just tell that, you know, the 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 original trilogy was born of of collaboration. And um, you can just you can just tell that that's not really happening. You can tell he's kind of. You know, ca- calling a lot of these shots, and uh, there's certain shots that he's calling that he doesn't seem that like too into just how it how it gets done, and uh, yeah, it just doesn't have that collaborative spirit that uh, the originals or even I I, I believe the sequel trilogies uh, uh, largely has. So yeah, but but again, there's a, there's a lot of context that kind of uh, you know also supports some of you know Lucas was in a difficult position in some senses. So go ahead, go ahead John. Watching through this. Again, this time, I couldn't help but constantly use the filter. Man, what if this was somebody's first time watching Star Wars? And it was for a lot of people. Yeah. There's so many mm. there, there's so, so many introductions to so many different characters. Everyone who was in the original trilogy that gets reintroduced in the prequels is done in such a worse way. And it's just so anticlimactic. The first time you see Master Yoda in this movie is so anticlimactic. The the Jedi the was the Jedi Hall, the Jedi The Jedi Temple. The Jedi yeah, Temple yeah. is just, the council. It the, it is such an anticlimactic room. When I was watching like when I when I watch the original trilogy now, I think of a much better grandiose place where these guys are talking about making these kind of decisions. And when you watch the original trilogy, it's just this awful CGI little hallway. And it's just so <laughs> anticlimactic and Master Yoda is just not what he was in the original trilogy it it's tough it, it is tough for me to watch this movie and enjoy it knowing that the original trilogy was so much better now that i have that context of a critical eye yeah. it's it's tough to enjoy a lot of this movie for sure i can't imagine like i feel like if it was a, an introduction for a lot of people they would have been on the younger side sure i i don't know <laughs> a lot of people were uh, i mean but the yeah. filter's less i think so i guess the 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 where I'll combat that, not even combat, but the, but the point I bring up is a lot of people who haven't seen Star Wars, there's a lot of people, they'll ask, how should I watch these movies? And there are psychopaths out there that say the first time you should watch these movies are chronological. That doesn't, yeah, that, but it doesn't make sense because the, the movies bad. are clearly, they're, the, the, the prequels are presented as if they're supposed to be watched, because obviously... You're supposed you know, to have that background. So knowledge. much about the way, you know. Oh like yeah, for the, sure. I wouldn't I mean, recommend this as a first time. Honestly, I don't know how they uh, how they would have uh, done the pre- done the prequels that fit into you know because like the, the conceit you know of being you know you're picking up in the middle of a of a twelve chapter serial of, of George Lucas's original idea, and you know the the shock of. Of, of of finding out that Dark Vader is Luke's father. Dude, you watch spoilers. those first three first. We're watching the first one. Sorry, first. Uh, right? No, 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 I didn't give spoiler warning for Amber, yeah. Come on. 
And uh, you know, if you if you watch the prequels first and you get to that scene in Empire, you're like, yeah, we know. Why are you treating it like a big thing? And it's just obviously see through three PO making uh, being made by Anakin. One of those weird things that's Why obviously that meant to be like an inch. Because George Lucas said he couldn't resist making. Why is that a thing? Darth Vader, the father of C three PO, as well. We thought it was a funny little thing. That doesn't make it better. So I to that point. You know, we talk about something called Machete Order, which, if you're not familiar, before, Machete Order is good stuff. Yeah, you know, before the like Disney took order. over, there was this this order where it said you should watch them episode four, episode five. You get to the end of that with kind of the cliffhanger that Darth Vader is Luke's father, and then you take it back like a memory sequence. You skip over episode one because there's nothing relevant in the movie that you have to know for the greater plot. It could have been a scroll in episode two. Yes. It's true. Yes. And then you watch episode two and three and you see the fall of Vader and then you skip right back to episode six. To see how it all ties back together. And I think that's a brilliant way to you, watch it. And then it. the first it's time fun. you see that. Anakin, you see him when he was Luke's age and entering things in Luke's point of view, which is I feel like they would should have done with episode one in the first place. It is weird um, that they they chose not to go that route, I think, in hindsight. Yeah, because even you know, know Ray, who's the primary protagonist in this current trilogy, she's nineteen when you first meet her. Yeah, right. We don't need to see her as a, a kid. I feel like it might have been something with Lucas wanting to make something that appealed more to directly to children, which is like, I don't know. It, Lucas says kind of, I feel like kind of retroactively now that Star Wars is like for kids. It's for twelve year olds. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that was always the case. I feel like he he's kind of changed his mind about what he wants these movies to be. Yeah, once he locked in those on. merchandising rights. What's that? Once he locked in those merchandising, right? Sure. He changed his mind on that. Sure, yeah. Wants your kids to get those toys for Christmas, don't yeah. you? So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I don't I necessarily feel like that was his idea originally. And, you know, in, years later, he would went on to say that, no, it was always meant to be six movies, even though he had outlines for nine and 12 movies. He, you know, he changed his mind a lot. Oh, but, sure thing. Yeah. But I, but I feel yeah. like the, the, the drive towards, tri- I feel like having a, uh, you know, a, 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 a protagonist he felt children could relate to uh, more, but then that child goes on to become a monster, so that it raises some <laughs> questions there. So I yeah. don't know. I think it really missed the mark with having him be so young. Like the Star Wars is what it's always about the hero's journey, right? That's mm-hmm. that's what every all three of these trilogies are about the hero's journey. You can't align with Jake Lloyd's Anakin. It's just not. Yeah. You know, it doesn't that, it doesn't matter what lines you write for the kid. The kid's talented. I know he gets a lot of a lot of crap for these movies. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't unnecessary will, for oh, hundred percent. But it's worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I'll say unnecessary because I think it was taken too far. Because oh, he's, yeah. he's had a tough life. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. His guess. life was kind of ruined because of this movie. You know, um, I don't know if there was a lot of direction. That's my point. Yeah, for for not just him, but I mean, like anybody. The, yeah, I, I and I've heard that throughout the years where the. You know, actors would kind of say, "How do you want this done?" And he would kind of just not really lead them in a specific direction. And they they would do a take or do a few takes, and they'd say, "How was that?" And he'd be like, "Fine." Yeah, because Luke. I mean, so if you watch a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, which you have, Lucas was so obsessed with the the post production. Mm-hmm. He's like, "If this isn't perfect, I have six different takes. I'll just edit it together. I'll yeah. make you say what I want you to say." And he started splicing together like mid sentence, like, like a half of this shot and a half of this shot. He got like crazy. an actor did that, or an actor did there, which is like, yeah, the, the editor was like really concerned about. It. He didn't really like that, like he, openly. He was like a mad scientist about it and yeah, yeah it wasn't a lot of the production team was really frustrated with the 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 micromanagement yeah. of all these different shots yeah and besides the direction i think um the casting you know i feel like today we're kind of spoiled with how well casted things will children are we have stranger things and the it movies and and all these other things that, like these kids are fantastic actors and um logan comes to mind logan daphne yeah. keen and just watching, you know, besides Phantom Menace, the auditions for the other kids, 
they, they really are worse than Jake Lloyd, and I don't think Jake Lloyd is particularly good either. Uh, I, and I think that's... Have you seen Jingle All the Way? I was man. just about to bring in it up. In Phantom like, Menace. But, but John, what was Jake Lloyd good in? Jingle All the Way. Yes. The best Christmas movie I just traveled time. straight from 1999 and know what Jingle All the Way is. <laughs> but I think that, yeah, it's it's direction, but it's also casting and, and everything. And I just feel, I just feel like it, that's like an industry-wide thing. Stuff with kids did not used to get casted in, you know, is in directed as well as it does these days. You know what, we'll come back to, to casting, actually, because I do want to talk about that a little bit, because um, I think he nailed it in certain cases. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, take a break. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Chip shop. Do you want me to stop the audio or just keep it rolling? Probably Doesn't just keep it rolling. I'm just going to start stopping. Okay. This beer is yeah. great. It's good stuff. But they always do good work. Sorry about that. All right. Ready? Ready. All right. Cut. You just, yeah, go right back into what you're... So uh, we talked a little bit about uh, what we've thought about the movie. Been all over the place a bit. Why don't we get into an article I wrote uh, two years ago. So in the lead up to Star Wars, The Last Jedi, uh, I wrote an article, Seven Reasons the Phantom Menace Isn't as Bad as You Think. You can find it right at thegeekiverse.com and just Let's search see. The Phantom Menace. Let's like, just uh, So see. I'm going to say right now, even there's some reasons that I'm looking at it, and I'm like, eh, all right, that's a bit of a stretch, 2017 Josiah. You, but, you know, you represent... You know it's very. It's still surreal to me that there is a significant portion of the Star Wars fan base that loves the prequels, that stands by them. That's something that just did not exist for most of my life. And you represent that contingent, for better or worse. I'm just saying. <laughs> for that, better or worse. I don't know if you'll take that <sighs> positively or negatively. No, it's better. But you it's represent worse. that new phenomenon, this new wave of people who really did grow up and you know, watch. Legitimate, like I said, I, I it was years before someone told me that mm. these movies were bad, and I was like. Yeah. <laughs> You what? Never, you never, I was like, you must be in the, you never the quite, vast minority. And you then never it, got quite got on board with it. It never... Well, at that point, it opened my eyes, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's a large contingent of people that don't like these movies. A large contingent? Yeah. The entirety... Uh, not the entirety. <laughs> Definitely not the entirety. Now there's the a majority, large, Now there say. is a large contingent... I would say the majority... ...that, li- that likes it. Sure. A, a minority, but a large contingent. Now, to like be a, fair, all I've done is shit on these movies, this movie so far. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that is unabashedly Star Wars. There's, there's sure. great sure. stuff so, in this movie. So, Kel- also, I want to sure. mention... Let's do that. Before, yeah, let's let's go into a few positives. Hang, on, like? hang on. Kelly Settinger, uh, so uh, uh, author, he is a part of the Geekiverse. He's written articles. He actually wrote an article about the Phantom Menace <laughs> uh, 2. Got a lot of Phantom Menace coverage. It's weird. You would think <laughs> we were around in 1999. But anyway, um, he also loves the prequels. I don't know, Kelly, how, how old you are. Forgive me. Uh, but middle-aged man. So, it, usually, if I find someone defending the prequels, usually not always they're they're my age or, or maybe even a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it you grew up with it and you kind of didn't know any better, and maybe there is a sense of nostalgia for it. Because I remember sure. leading up to episode one, two, and three, and how exciting it was. Yeah, and to me, yeah, maybe that sure. makes the movies a little bit better. I don't know, yeah. but Kelly. Loves these movies. Yeah, so. I think we've talked about now we have that critical filter that we didn't have when we were children. Sure. Someone, someone like Kelly had that critical filter the first time you saw them. Like, and he still likes yeah, them. And, That's impressive. And actually, I would say Pete, her, the grumpy geek as well. Yeah. I don't know as much as like if he likes it as much as me and Kelly do, but we do have it 
on record, the first week of Geekiverse filming, he said that he liked Jar Jar for what he was. So we'll, I'll pull that clip so you can put it right in here. Please do. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, if he said that, like, anything I say should be fun. All right, let's go <laughs> so into this article. The Grumpy Geek. Seven, so my seven reasons why the, the Phantom Menace isn't as bad right, as you think. So, John, why don't you read just the headline? All right, we'll start with number one. It features okay. one of John Williams' best musical scores for a film and laid the groundwork for his other beautiful work in episodes two and three. Easy yes. picking. Props, props to the prequels. For, they, prequels eight, each prequel movie does have great themes. Incredible great music. New themes. So, yes. Duel of the Fates is my favorite from this one. So um, you know, the first time you see Darth Maul is when you, you hear this. Uh, it is something... No, that's yeah. for me going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, "Do we need to stop talking?" Okay, um, Lauren and I wo- like were introduced to that song. Like we were revealed to that song. I like I love that. It was her idea, by the way. You would be shocked to find that out. Oh, reveal! Oh, like you're ready af- for the first time. You know, as you come down the, we had like kind of a balcony, and that was the yeah. song. I have a buddy who did the Imperial March. That's cool. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, Duel of the Fates comes to mind. There were a few other. Um, tracks that I don't know the titles of specifically, but they carried over into kind of variations in episode two and then were either changed for... The Pit Pat of Panaka was my favorite. Uh, you know... Um, you never heard that one? Mm, oh, never mind. It's a real Maybe. banger. No. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not sure. Sorry. It might Definitely. not be real. Sorry. The, it might not be real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Jared, formerly of IGN and kind of funny. Petty? Jared Petty. Jared Petty. Jared Petty. Jared Petty. So, Ready? Yes. This is a watching. good one. So he, uh, way back on an IGN podcast. I will say up front that I don't agree with most of Jared Petty's movie opinions, but go on. I don't know his opinion on this, but I'm bringing up something about, oh, actually Music? A, a song. So oh, okay. one of the tracks, so they were talking about spoilers and how, like, even nowadays you can't get the Star Wars novel or the soundtrack before the movie comes out. But during the prequels, you could buy the novel oh a full gosh. month in advance. Oh, not even just the prequels, the, the original trilogy, too. And well, the, sure. And but the prequels, like, the, the soundtrack, people still talk about that to this day. So, specifically, Jared Petty gets the Phantom Menace soundtrack, in the I think, in the mail. And one of the tracks is called Qui-Gon Jinn's Noble End. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Can you so imagine? Can you so, imagine that happening? Like, uh, yeah, that's freaking hilarious. Can you imagine, for a moment, if you will, the Force Awakens soundtrack comes out before the Force Awakens? Sure, crazy enough. There's main titles. Second of all, that things. one of the tracks is called "The Hole in Han Solo's Chest." <laughs> <laughs> Han Solo's not so noble end. Han Solo was murdered by his son. Whatever it may be, like, can you imagine? Can you fathom people losing their minds? Yeah, that's. In this day, it's a different world. What yeah. a different world we live in. Yeah, for because spoilers. before yeah. Empire came out, the novelization came out, and there were hundreds, maybe thousands <sighs> of people that knew that twist before they saw the movie. That's terrible. That's real. Oh real my life. gosh. Next. Weird. So yeah, keep going. Number two, it has possibly the greatest lightsaber duel of all time. I said possibly. Depends. Possibly. Depends how you define great. Depends right. what your metric of great. If you mean in terms of complicated choreography, maybe. In terms Dude, of Nick, Nick emotional weight, stunt coordinator, certainly not. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. emotional would, weight. No, but Nick Nick Gillard, as the stunt coordinator, did a fantastic job with these yeah. Deals. I mean, yeah, they they are they are impressive to watch, but I I think they, uh, I I just I would rather you know I'd watch like the you know duel between Luke and Vader. Oh, you know, no. just just the it's it's simple, but it's just it's it's moving. It's like an expression of the inner turmoil of the characters. It's. I, I, I feel like Phantom Menace, the, the lightsaber fight is great, and it, the choreography is impressive, but as the prequels went on, it, it 
I don't know. It, it's it, they they tried to just to mix it up more and more, and it became kind of less. I think we're on three different planes. I think so. You like the weightiness and the thoughtfulness of the original trilogy battles. Yes. You seem to really like this battle and the the the. I would I would say over choreography, but that kind of comes with my bias. I love the new stuff. I love the it, I love the, yeah. the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi. Well, that's in the spirit of that's the original the, trilogy. That's the mix that's, of both. It's a mix of both. I would argue the only lightsaber duel we've gotten since Disney took over was Force Awakens, though. I mean, they're they're still using lightsabers just because they're not lightsaber duels. Yeah, Last I mean, Jedi had two, but it wasn't lightsaber in on terms lightsaber. Of classifying duels, I would say Force Awakens is the only one. So this isn't but, a duel then. There's three people here. You lose. That's not a duel. No. Oh, no. Episode over. No. <laughs> no. It's a duel. Two or more, we'll say, for this, this argument. I mean, the use of it's lightsabers. Called, I, I it's guess, called Duel of the Fates. I mean, it is. I it guess, is. I guess my point is just the, the, the art and the, the choreograph, choreographic whatever behind dueling, uh, using a lightsaber. Whether it's on somebody else who's using a lightsaber or whether it's on drones or if it's on the you know, Imperial Guard, whatever. Using a lightsaber, the actually wielding a lightsaber, I think I like the most in the current trilogy. I so the the Ray and Kylo Ren fight is I get goosebumps so good even thinking about it and how like, but I I'll say this I appreciate both sides of it so I appreciate in Episode One when we've got Obi Wan Qui Gon and, and Darth Maul where it's so um, you know it's elegant it's kind of like the heyday of the, uh, to a point of the Jedi Knights and sure. Darth Maul is like one of the greatest fighters ever but apparently Obi Wan's better anyway weird right. Uh, Ray and, and Kylo Ren are the, like the total opposite of that. Like Kylo's like beat to hell. Aggressive. With what he just he just get, you know took that bowcaster shot to his abdomen. Very emotional. Like mm-hmm. let alone he just killed his, his dad. Yeah. He is a mess right now in his head with Snoke. He's kind of a like a newly turned dark side guy at this point. Yeah. Ray is just discovering her power, and I love how they're so like all over the place with it, and it's not anything yeah. that we saw, which was so precise in the prequels, where mm-hmm. this is just kind of they're swinging these these heavy lightsabers at each yeah. other, and those guys are swinging them at them like they've been doing this their whole lives, now, which there, they have. There is mm-hmm. something refreshing watching this right after watching the original trilogy, which I did recently. Um, the, just the, uh, the original trilogy is a little too weighty for me. It, it, watching it nowadays, it is just a very it's a little too much like watching a kid with a blindfold trying to hit a pinata. That's just my. I, I would so, understand that maybe a little bit for the A New Hope, uh, Obi Wan, Darth say that. Vader. Even fight. the final, all, all, all the rest of them, yeah. I wouldn't say that. Even in Jedi, I feel that way. In the oh, final battle. oh no! There, there are great parts of it. Of course, I mean, we should talk, we should save that for the Jedi. We, we will. Last but, thought on my part, but you guys finish your thoughts. Sure, sure, uh, sure, sure. Is that Return of the Jedi fight is again kind of almost to a point where Rey and Kylo are coming from? Like Vader is beat to hell from what he's gone through with Luke there, yeah. and Luke is fired. Up, yes, yeah. Ready to go, and he's swinging that thing like there's no tomorrow. And again, mm-hmm. re- really a lack of a lot of formal lightsaber training. Yeah. So I appreciate all the specifics there. So, yeah, it, it is definitely, it was refreshing for me to, to go back to episode one and to see the way they handled these things. That first scene when they're on the Trade Federation ship and they're just destroying these things and they know what they're doing. That, I love that, That's very cool. Qui-Gon coming through the door and thinking, oh even in God. theaters, like, oh my gosh, a lightsaber door's melt melting. The door. yeah. It's so good, yeah. yeah. So, you remember me, they like did it. their little super speed thing? Why did they never do that again? Why did they do that, that once? Yeah, that's... Uh, Oh that, yeah, that yeah. Was, why was that in the so, movie? Like that was a dash a weird, in, in a video game, right? Like, like how they dashed yeah, on the yeah, hall. Yeah, but like, but they only used it once. It was like the one time in their life. That would have been so it. convenient <laughs> for so many other parts in this movie. Like, yeah. yeah, why didn't Obi Wan <laughs> use that on Mustafa? Come on, George. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so lightsabers. Thing, we got that down. Yeah, I think right. we're all in different planes here. We all have I, different, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, all have yeah, different trilogies. Yeah, the music thing. That thing. Also, there's not a lightsaber battle that I I don't love. 
or duel, whatever we want to call it. I love them all. I don't love them in the original trilogy. I do. That's right. fine. You're allowed to have all different right. opinions. Me and John right. are going to disagree. Number three. <laughs> Thank uh, you. It has one of the best villains in a Star Wars in Star Wars history. Sorry, I butchered that. Wait, do you who? get what I'm saying? Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with, I'm with Josiah. He's he's awesome. He's not fully realized. But I mean, I I not, yeah. Let's let's discount anything Clone Wars did with him uh, or Rebels. Well, if we're just talking about sheerly on the movie's okay. merit, did you see the way he backflipped off that speeder on Tad's? I mean, I'll I'll argue I, the merits of Ray Park all day long, but oh sure, the sure. merits of Darth Maul. I mean, compared to Darth Vader, the Emperor Kylo. Ren, I mean, Kylo Ren and Darth Vader. Those are the those are the best two Star Wars oh, films man. of all time. I mean, in terms I, of the, strictly the movies. Mad. I don't really like Darth Vader. <laughs> I've never heard that. This see, this is when like I was fifteen and someone told me the prequels were bad. It's like I didn't no, know I, anyone could not like Darth. Yeah, no. So that, you look like Pavlak right now, just being told this horrible truth. I'm gonna like horrible you, tr- you truth. Look, well, it's not a truth. From it's a not a point truth. Of view, it's an okay. opinion. So from a certain, it's like someone just told Pavlak this. they didn't like Legend of Zelda. No, that no, is no, the face no, I imagine you made. No, right this now. is worse. I, I feel like Pavlak could align with that more than uh, South can align with this. Pav, no, Pavlak would like choke. He would fort. He'd force choke you. But I think Pavlok <laughs> understands that there are people that don't like Zelda. I think I just blew his mind. No, I don't think Pavlok understands No, okay. that. Then I, I, I misunderstood. I've never hey, heard anybody say that, like, let's Darth do it. Vader, next time yeah. we just did. Okay, anyway, Vader. Um, I don't know. Vader's a little boring to me. I Especially rewatching after having the prequels and having this new trilogy. So Vader, Vader's a little one-dimensional. That's weird. I've I know. Okay, it's, but it's just hey, me. counterpoint, I, mean, I appreciate that he likes Your Darth opinion Ball. is your opinion. It, it is what it's, it is. I just, I, I haven't heard that. So It misses for me. Shout out to Aaron Weaver. I'll add you on this video he's he's the only other person on this planet i think that agrees with me that made like, fine so like i got to meet person. ray park fine. um you did he was at the uh first nickel city and um we took lauren and i took a picture each we got like our photo ops with him there's not a lot of celebrities i would i would take photo ops with and i really wanted to meet him because darth maul is one of my favorite star wars villains ever if not mm-hmm. characters and um so he he's just like he's crazy He's so strong. He's into martial arts. Like this guy is jacked. So I do, man. Go, go practice my wushu. Go, go, go right That's here. precisely like why they didn't let him talk in the movie. Yeah. Like that's a dubbed <laughs> over voice. They painted yeah. his mouth shut. <laughs> so he, um, Lauren goes, "Can you pick me up for the picture?" Like he could, like she was nothing. Like yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Uh-huh. And he goes, "I can't." But we compose, <laughs> and it was just the funniest thing in the world. So like they're just like <laughs> legally. Yeah, or, something. or just, just like, like yeah, they they probably just you're yeah. not allowed to like, for like the liability. That makes sense. For, yes, for what yeah, it was yeah. like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, which was really funny. But Ray Park is is great. He's an amazing martial artist, stunt man. I love him. I love him at Star Wars Celebration. They bring him back every few celebrations, and just yeah. how crazy he gets. Like I yeah. love his passion and enthusiasm for all of it. Let's find out so, what's going on with his wushu. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate him. It. Yeah, the biggest yes. problem with Maul was very underrealized. Like I would have loved to see to have seen him throughout so, the entire. I'm with you. Do you feel like? Rebels and, and Clone Wars aside, I that this character was was wasted. Absolutely, yeah, I think so. There was no reason for that to. I mean, I guess because he could have easily still killed Qui Gon, and you you don't need that redemption right away from from. Uh, what if he had escaped? Yeah. What what if that that redemption arc for um, Kenobi, Obi Wan Kenobi? What if that's three movies, and what if that means more than just a single like swipe of a lightsaber, which mm. wasn't a great scene anyways? Like it kind of breaks its own rules. It, he had the high ground for like five hundred percent. Oh right, a hundred percent. And it seems like it's crazy that Maul was stunned by that. I mean, it was it was just that was a, that was one of those or like those examples to me. If that's just a bad scene, that that if that's in a movie in twenty nineteen, I'm rolling my eyes in the back of my head. I also yeah. didn't that, like bad. actually that they brought him back for Clone Wars. Now I like if I suspend that thought, 
I I liked his presence in Clone Wars. I know you haven't seen it. And Rebels. We get a really, really, really awesome interaction between Maul and Kenobi. If you don't mm-hmm. care about spoilers, go look it up. It's great. Yeah. Like it's it's like and what you wanted, I think. I'm gonna watch that when Disney Plus in, comes out. In the movies. Uh but and we get Maul like a little cameo in solo, which I was hoping would lead to more uh movies in that kind of like solo subset. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But um I mean, yeah, and, and George Lucas, I mean, he was he was, you know, the Clone Wars. He was there for that. He gave the okay on that kind of a thing. I think initially the idea was that he, Darth Maul, was chopped in half so that there was no way he could come back. But I guess you know, Filoni just made it happen. So uh, yeah, glad they ended up doing that because yeah, there's a lot to be done with that character. Cool character. So. And and while I I would have liked to have seen him endure through the prequel trilogy, there are also some other characters that came up that I I, I love the presence of Count Dooku, even though he's also kind of underutilized. But Christopher um, Lee, man, that. Dooku was fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, we'll get. Into time. Grievous, great too. All right, so yeah, as one of the best villains in Star Wars history, I'll give you a half point. Number four, I give you no points. <laughs> I don't know what this. Uh, I'll I'll you get negatives. Yeah. Unpopular opinion: the CGI effects are the best in the prequel trilogy. That doesn't even matter. No, it's like that's. I mean, that's that's just. I think that's objectively like. You know, the years go by and the CGI gets Ugh. better, unless they're like really slacking in episode three, which they weren't. I feel like, and, pl- it, and plus, that's I mean, oh, in the prequel, the battle trailer. with the Gungans on Naboo looks like a looks like the Bliss wallpaper on Windows XP the whole time. It's awful. <laughs> I think the some of the effects in two and then even worse in three are noticeably worse than in episode one as I think, a whole. I think I will I will give you that the Phantom Menace utilizes practical sets and practical costumes more than any other like, prequel movie for example which, i'm sorry and that's and that and that's a big thing so i think that that and then the cgi supplementing that makes a lot of things look better and they rely more and more on cgi as the time right. goes so, on but well, i wouldn't necessarily say that the cgi itself better. in episode one is better than what they Isn't did in like it true episode that three. there's only one scene one shot in episode one that doesn't have cgi I don't know. That is, I'm pretty sure that's true. I wouldn't only, be surprised only at one, all. Literally, you can look it up. There's one scene that's not, they, that they is were not trying to stick more towards you know utilizing a lot of sets and, and like, practical. I love the that, look like, of more than they as I pictured in the article Naboo. Um, I think Theed Palace is what this is. I think that looks great. So I think you're talking from my perspective. You're talking more about art design than you are about actual CGI. Uh, probably for the most part, yeah. But we're talking art design. I have some good things to say. Yeah, me too. Movie. Yeah. Besides the bliss wallpaper and Naboo, that's horrible. But this, yeah, the, the CGI isn't good. I mean, the 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 shadows, the lighting, like it's 2019. There are video games that look better than this. Like not even close. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that and, and that's just the way it, you know. And that's just the, you know, the way. They, but no, I mean, in terms of art direction, I mean the. Um, I, f- I think the. Uh, I, I think yeah, I, I will. Took a drink of mine and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I, I thought I just did too. Now you said that, I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so the prequel trilogy does have its own distinct, you know, look and 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 setting going yeah. on, and it was, you know, I think it was like very flat and shoddy. Part, part of part of the like original uh, conceit for the when Lucas did have the idea for for nine movies that the original four through six would be kind of like more poppy comic booky. The sequel trilogy would be kind of more contemplative and philosophical, and the the prequel trilogy would be more it looked kind of like a stage play and be kind of Machiavellian, and, and to extend it kind of is and, and credit for you know it being its own distinct thing um uh yeah in terms of art design it does kind of craft its own unique identity and and visit some kind of new environments kind of in 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 a sense better than a lot of the sequel trilogy does even though i say i think those movies are way better um 
I mean that that is that is something that's really interesting about the prequels. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying with the where it's what it could be going for with the where it looks like a stage play, but I think the lack of practical f- sets really misses the mark there. I mean, uh, it's it's just tough well, for me episode, to buy that, that. Episode one has its share. I mean, there is a lot of CGI, but th- they really went crazy with CGI in two and three. I, that's what I'm saying. It got progressively. Um, more utilized and even by that default let's say they were all even in terms of quality by using it more it almost subtracts from from it because it cgi typically does not age well in most cases it does not and if more of it is used in episodes two and three then i think that by default episode one would get it on that argument alone now there are arguments to be had over quality but I think largely it was it was some of the best looking in, I just, in Phantom Menace. I just think it's because there's a, still a lot of practical stuff that the CGI is is complementing in Episode One. That that's yeah, there is in a whatever sense the reason the, the visual effects overall of Episode One maybe they are the best of the even three. like I think of um, like I mean every clone trooper there was not a single clone trooper armor set made for Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, oh, they're all all, yeah. all digital. And, and, like, with episode one, I remember the wa- uh, waterfalls, I think, at, on uh, Naboo, I remember uh, see- seeing about how they were actually, like, salt pouring down. They did that physically somehow. Yeah. Miniatures. So, yeah. I'm- episode three, too, like, I think of, there's a few sequences, most notably early in the movie, like, Anakin or uh, Obi-Wan jumping out of the starfighter. Like, that just looks so fake. Our two kind of... Uh, igniting the super battle droids with the the yeah, flames and right. then like when uh count dooku pulls down the ledge onto obi-wan who's laying there like look at that the way he slides there it's like sloppy mm. and i'm one of the biggest star wars defenders that you'll ever meet in, mm. in your entire life so for me to say that that's kind of where i get to where i get with episode one being yeah. the best but i'll reference the the scene where Darth Maul comes to an end. That was awful. When oh yeah, I mean Obi-Wan's, that's like a a dummy that they cut in half and kind of threw. No, down. I I mean Obi Wan getting himself out of that predicament. It just looks so bad. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, mm. I got you. All right, so uh, agree to disagree. I just don't think that any of them stand out. I think they're all bad. So I don't think there's a point to make that any of them are good. So I don't. I, I do. Fair enough. Number five, popular opinion. You and McGregor as a young Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean that's easy. Yeah. What about it? Uh, that he <laughs> is a high point. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So love you. Yes. Yep. I mean, totally. obviously, I mean, yeah. The, yeah. The standout shining star of the prequels. Yeah. I mean, I like know. if there's any fault, it's with the writing. Um, yeah. And with his performance. Great. I think he's the weakest in episode one. I think in episode two, he really kind of finds his footing. He's got that cool beard and yeah, he's starting to, oh, you're starting to great. see, you're starting to see Alec Guinness in that as opposed to just kind of, you know, yeah, he's, got the, he's got a little more, you know, a little wiser, a little more thoughtful. It's just, yeah. And then yeah, a bit really more crotchety, bridges. you know, he's yeah. starting to, yeah. Well, he's got to deal with Hayden Christensen. That's no fun. That'd make me crotchety. Three yeah, really Canadian all the time. Yeah, bridges. Oh, boy. <laughs> now we're at Border Wars here. So <laughs> uh, three really bridges that gap a lot. And I can't wait to see how much the Kenobi series oh, yes. even ties that closer. I cannot wait. Uh, that's that's going to be amazing on Disney Plus. Yeah, so I think that's a universal agree on, a, on point five for us. It's an uh, easy one. It's as easy one. as the John Williams stuff. It is. Uh, we saw life before the corruption of the old republic in the beginning of the empire. It's not a strong point. We did kind of. It is a fact. That is a fact. How we got there was not fun. So it didn't make much sense either. Weak point in episode one that has hit me over the years. Uh, I know this is funny to say, and especially last night as I'm sitting there re- starting this re-binge, if you will. The crawl, the first paragraph of the crawl about the text or the trade disputes, and I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> as, as, as this an is adult, a kids I'm, movie. <laughs> I'm sitting there going. 
Oh, that's awful. This is the worst. <laughs> My gosh. And, and even just the way the politics are handled in the movie, like who's the 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 lead in the Senate, who they just say that Chancellor oh, Valorum. Chancellor Valorum. It's yeah, like, oh, so, we we call for a, a vote of no confidence, and he's just like, all right, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> like, they're he very looks like he was just stabbed in the back. <laughs> he just sat. No, he didn't even care. He's like, all right, I'm done. They're very easily swayed. Everybody. The just, poli- <laughs> there's and then, no, uh, kind the, of bizarre, actually. Palpatine coming to power just happens off screen. <laughs> but that was a pretty important part. I would have loved to see how we made that happen. But he just like, good news, everyone. I'm 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 it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he yeah. just walks into I mean Amadala's dressing room is like Got it. Nailed I'm it. Chancellor Palpatine. That's it. I, I do I mean a lot about the the idea of of um the the political maneuvering and how governments can be changed and manipulated and everything like that you know a democracy turning into a dictatorship I think Lucas you know it, it's so much and so much of the prequel trilogy there's great core ideas that just need to be pulled off better I like it. but I think I do yeah I do like it and that's distinct from the original trilogy they didn't have a lot of that and you know p- political play can be done very compellingly there there are movies that do that so um, I would have liked ideas. to see more of that with Palpatine's rice. Uh, For sure. Instead, yeah. I'm like, kind of just, hey, they gave me the keys to this. What do you want to do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, cool. All right, that's that's interesting. So, Ian McDermott, great, which we'll get into in a well, little bit. Oh, he's, um, he's, he's great. But so my point here is, I kind of like to see what the relatively established way of life was before the Empire. I mean, that's what you always want. In, in terms of day to day life, we didn't really see like. That much. I mean, other I don't know. Than, people joke it's C-SPAN in space. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, in terms of like daily life of like citizens, I'm I'm, I'm thinking uh, we, we, I we never saw that we saw Shmi and Anakin who you know were you know in, on Tatooine. It was it wasn't too unlike. I mean, it was different from Luke because they were actually slaves, but um, you know, it was. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, kind of. Kind Again, of. machete yeah. order you can do without episode one in terms of overall plot. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So yeah, you because you get the introduction of Coruscant, and yeah, there there is some stuff. I later do love on the the, the sites of Coruscant. Yes, I do. We'd love to see that show yeah. up in episode nine. To touch on that lore building, I wish the the Jedi weren't so incompetent already. I wish they weren't so dysfunctional. Um, I I I'm okay with that if it had been communicated more that that was the case. It seems like they're just kind of dry and uninteresting and not written well. But if it was an intentional thing, like you know, people say one of the arguments for the prequels is like, yeah, the, the, the Jedi were out of touch and they were, you know, they, they, they didn't, you know, what was happening. They didn't have a, a good enough sense. The they, dark were, side. They, were, they weren't compassionate enough. Yeah. Um, but Show that just that. doesn't come across yeah, as intentional. That seems like, that. is that, are you reading between the lines? Is that really, you know, but uh, again, that's a great idea if it had, you know, been pulled off. I don't know if that's what Lucas had in mind. A, a series of some sort, even a small Disney Plus series, not necessarily directly around this time but close to it would be something i would welcome when the jedi were actually functional when they were or maybe just more like we said like more everyday life um not necessarily Mm. for the politicians and the jedi but something just related to it Uh, because mandalorian is not focusing on the rebel alliance or the new republic or the empire right i'm sure there'll be mentions of the criminal underworld yeah um and uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard rumors about what Ryan Johnson's trilogy is supposed to be about that might lead me to think that it's it's goes closer to an everyday life hmm. kind of a thing. I've I have no idea if if any of it's true. I, I've heard something about um, it being taking place in the distant past, and it it being about like one of the first people to um, discover kind of uh, force sensitivity, while at the same time, oh wow, uh, the the um, that's the, deep. The hyperdrive is being developed for like interst- interstellar travel, and that's crazy. Those, which is like, I I have no idea what the, that might be complete BS, but that would be really interesting, and that sounds like it would factor in more to everyday galactic life. I don't know if that's true or not. Though. Before I you just I, told I, me, 
Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, before I forget, on the Mandalorian, did you guys hear that there is uh, uh, kind of like a relatively big? Uh, they say spoiler. I don't think it would be a spoiler. I, I just read the headline that, that uh, that's a thing. I don't know what it references. So I was just going to ask, what do you think it references? Because I have an idea. Oh, so that, that, well, that that's not out there. So there's a headline that the first episode of Mandalorian like spoils something for Star Wars. I would say it answers something for, for what for, for like a, Skywalker, a long running Star Wars thing. And the only thing oh. that comes to mind for me is Boba Fett. Oh man, maybe that would be cool. That would be cool. Just like, shedding if he's some out light there on is the is the is Boba Fett alive? Was the original trilogy Boba Fett the clone Boba Fett? Right, or was right. it somebody new took on his identity? I, I think that's super intriguing, and <laughs> mm. I love oh. that they dropped that because that. I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, another topic for another time. Cool. But, Excited uh, about that. Another another relatively middle of the road point here. Admittedly, what was that? You one? Know? Oh, that was the. Oh, we saw life before. Here come the gifts. Middle of the road. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, final point seven. This is a hard disagree for me. Second to last point. Oh God! It, <laughs> it establishes a, it establishes a starting point for Anakin's issues. It it didn't though. Well, what's well? What's the starting debatable? Point? What's that the starting attached to his mom? In, not in this movie. In the next movie, it does. Uh, in this movie, he, he doesn't want to leave his mom. But barely. Execution aside, oh, it's not written well. Um, Agreed. I just said that. He's just. I know. I'm just reiterating. <laughs> it's not written well. It's not acted well. Jake White, I love you and Jingle All the Way, dude. Don't. I like Pernilla August. If you're watching, me. you crushed it in Jingle All the Way. Good movie. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like we're just to touch back on the hero's journey. We're missing a lot of what is what's Anakin's flaw. He's got he's got all the metachlorians. He's the best pilot. He's a perfect engineer. He, he built three PO. What's what's wrong with him? What's his problem? What's where's the flaw? What he's they ma- should have done he's is he's a Mary Sue. Uh, I mean, okay, Seth. So they <laughs> they should have harped what more they? on his anger issues. Yeah, they weren't they were not in. Like the, he the should Phantom have Menace. destroyed someone in the pod race. Sure, yeah. The, the, not that that would be like that's a huge why thing. you start him with him as a teenager. Exactly. You know, I know. I I'm not disagreeing with you guys so again. That, yeah. I told you this is kind of a weaker point. I don't so that, know. That's the one that that's the only one that's a hard disagree for me. I just think that that was the that was one of the biggest things that they they dropped the ball on for episode one is just Anakin. He, you give me an episode one without Anakin. I don't know. Give me. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff that we talked about the day to day life, the the Jedi. If you want, if you have to do three movies, get, get this kid. Build the of mythology it. of the Jedi Order a little bit. Yeah. Not a, okay, so I, like ten seconds ago, I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But now I'm like, "Okay, yeah." So maybe you hear about this kid towards the end. Exactly. Okay. M- maybe the maybe oh, they I crash on Tatooine. That's interesting. Final scene that crash on Tatooine. Oh my gosh! Something All right. Like that. Damn it, Point Tom, number you're eight. Genius. Hang on. So my oh favorite with Anakin and Shmi as we're looking at this picture. Yeah. My favorite bit of marketing from the prequels might have been that picture of Anakin uh, with Darth Vader as the shadow. That was cool. It didn't cool. really lead anywhere, obviously, but well, I like I mean, that that was the the kind of build up to it. Yeah, it's that's good. Is it on yeah. there? Is it, are we looking at it? I can't. See I don't it. even know if it's you're pointing facing. at anything. All I see is He's this tapping. All okay. Right. Last point. This this is point eight on a seven point list. Uh, politics and medical. <laughs> so I really sucked myself out for a second. I was like, I thought this was a seven point article. Why would I say that? Oh, okay, <laughs> that was a joke. Gosh, you had a little jokey paragraph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, medical. What a bad idea. Why? Why, Lucas? Interesting that Why? he makes it a scientific thing of sorts, as opposed to a everything that we defined it as in the original trilogy. How do you feel like the Last Jedi clears that up in a way when Luke describes the Force to Rey? Oh. Yeah, better. I know you love it. I know Andrew uh, Garvey loves it. Yeah, that, that's that's the kind of retconning I I, pr- oh. I approve of. Oh, Seth's just getting up in the middle of the show here. You, you didn't told him to. We can you can cut that one if you want to. I think we got enough barrel. Yeah, I'll just keep rolling until it dies. Yeah, might as well. So, 
uh, Last Jedi description for the Force for Luke. I think it's the best description we've ever gotten on it. Yeah. 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 Well, well enough. I'll take it. Yeah, because it's it, it establishes it more as a, a a force of nature rather than a, a scientific observable thing. That's, yeah, and even, that it doesn't belong to the Jedi. I thought that was a nice little thing too. Like it's it's something yeah, they utilize yeah. and they are um, kind of symbiotes in a way, but it's not exclusive to the Jedi. Right. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. is how Luke describes it. All right, so we got through my list. It was kind of good for for talking points there. Yeah, that, uh, that was that was a list. I really thought you guys were gonna like beat on me way more, so no. I'll take it. Well, I think a lot of it you've kind of come to terms with since you've written this, so... <laughs> Debatable. Let's okay. go through it again. <laughs> okay. um, so I want to take a, a, a quick moment here to mention. Um, if you like pop culture t-shirts, let me tell you about this. So the Geekiverse has an online merch store. Go to thegeekiverse.storyandvideo.com. We've got t- over 20 designs currently available uh, to choose from. And uh, if you ever see us at live shows, such as Nickel City Con, or like the other day, we were at Halloween Comic Fest at Dave and Adams. Uh, we are selling those there, making them custom for you. Again, that's thegeekiverse.storeenvy.com. We've got all different kinds of shirts, not uh, not just Star Wars shirts, uh, but we've also got uh, Marvel themed shirts, we've got DC themed shirts, uh, we've got God of War themed shirts, video games. John, what does that God of War shirt say? Boy, very good, and. Uh, Boy. <laughs> Fine. We've even got onesies on there. So uh, we've got one onesie. We've got one onesie. So if you want to rep your your child's uh, in Geekiverse apparel, we'd appreciate that. Last time, the Geekiverse.storeenvy.com. Um. Okay. Back to our list here. Not too much to go. Uh, Fanboys, the movie. You've not seen this. I've not seen this. No. I love this movie. So. Uh, in short, it's it's not really a spoof movie, but it celebrates the lead up to episode one. And I feel like when we talked about earlier, kind of the hype and the build up leading up to the movie, this is a movie that captures it beautifully. Basically, it's a group of friends that love Star Wars. They are obsessed with it. They are geeks to the max. Uh, the one finds out, uh, unfortunately, that he's got cancer. Their mission is to get him to see episode one before he passes away. It's a, it's actually a very funny movie. I know I just described it very dark because it is, dark. it is a dark topic. But uh, Ray Park's actually in the movie. Carrie Fisher's in the movie. Billy Dee Williams is in the movie. Uh, you got to see it. It was a limited run in theaters in the mid two thousands somewhere. I want to say around two thousand nine. Uh, so end of the the two thousands. But anyway, uh, go on Amazon. I'm sure you can get it really cheap on on DVD. I don't think I ever saw the light of day on Blu-ray. Uh, I it's a movie that I love very much. And the last line in the movie this is not a spoiler by any means uh is the group of friends saying what if the movie's not any good oh and here we are did this Which come was, out after the movie or before the oh movie? wait way after so this yeah. was like 2009 okay yeah got and it. that's uh and that's something that um was like you know people would get interviewed when they were in line for phantom menace and that's something that uh was asked of certain people and it's it's really funny <laughs> seeing some of the reactions before the before they they saw the movie and after the movie in retrospect and uh, yeah that question was asked of some people. What's funny is too even like right when Force Awakens released and people were mad hyped and I still mm. love it to this day. I know you do too. We'll talk about later episodes. Uh, anyway, uh, with people talking about how it was their favorite Star Wars movie or the best Star Wars movie, and then there's comparisons to how people talked about Phantom Menace right after seeing there it. Was, and it's very similar. Yeah. Uh, not quite the same holdup. Uh, granted, we're only four years after Force Awakens, but I have a good feeling that movie's going to hold up a lot better yeah, than no, Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very different. Uh, yeah. I mean, but 
yeah, it's interesting. But no, it's like watching that old footage of people going in to, to hype to see that movie. It's like watching like old footage of like people boarding the Titanic. <laughs> I can't believe. Wow. I can't believe you. What's with you, man? Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was the deepest cut ever. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's change topics here. The Jar Jar Sith Lord theory from a few few years back. I thought this was a blast only because it was fun. Suspended that that thought that it couldn't happen. That it actually made the movie a little bit better. Yeah, I mean this one's for, <laughs> this is for Jeff. It's like when uh, we we all were hyping that the Grinch was coming to Smash Brothers. We knew it wasn't going to happen, but there was like a little bit of evidence, and there was a solid week where we were all going crazy. Like, is the Grinch coming to Smash? <laughs> I lose no, it. we knew he wasn't, but it was fun for a little while. So they they kind of uh, dispelled this a few years ago with one of the Chuck Wendig novels, um, and. I don't know. Do you think George Lucas wanted to go this way originally? No. No. Not even close. It is. Epic. What do you think he thought of Jar Jar then? Because he I, had I this character in high esteem. Well, one he thing. He thought he was revolutionary technologically, for sure. And he thought he was, you know, a, a C-3PO, a comic relief. I mean, George Lucas, as he said, Jar Jar is the key to all of this. He did say that, but uh, it's not in a... You can, you can see that being said. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check, I mean, check out that... Google this. Check out that Reddit uh, thread from a few years ago. It was fun. It it's is. A, it's, it's a great. Very insightful. It's a fun theory, but I mean, yeah. I, it's one of the best fan theories I've ever read. Uh, even because though it's it would rough. be because it, it would really serve the story better if it was true. <laughs> Not the story, but it, it would save episode one a little bit if it were true. And I, for what it's worth, very believable. Uh, most of it, I would say. Yeah, there's yeah. some stretches, but it, again, it's just it's fun. It's not real, but it's 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 good. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good read. So definitely study up on that. Um, God, Jar Jar's bad. Yeah. Uh, again, another case. Uh, poor Ahmed Best. You know, he didn't do anything. Yeah, he was that. well acted. He did what he was told. Right. Yeah. Or not he's, told. Yeah. And I am really happy that at the uh, Star Wars celebration, 20th anniversary of Phantom Menace, Same. he got a hero's welcome there because he is. He deserves. He's, it. he's he's had it rough. He's you know conflict. Uh, Just like Jake Lloyd, you know, tough. And you know, like yeah, he's struggled with suicide and it's it's terrible. Well, we yeah. even had some of that stuff recently with uh, the, the actors who played Rose in the Last Jedi. I mean, there was a lot. Of yeah. That. Yeah. Kelly Murray. Ceaselessly harassed, which a lot of that is, you know, it's, uh, it's racism and sexism and a myriad of other things. We have your issues with the character. That's you know, that's that's fair enough. I, I really like Rose personally, but same. Yeah, I um with Rose, I, we'll save it. Save it. We'll get there. Just bizarre. Check out. I I did write an article on this. Uh, check it out. It's called it. an open letter yes, to Kelly Marie Tran. I recall that. I recall that. Go okay. read that now, um, and then we'll obviously I'm in the middle of a potty right now. Right now, pause this. Go read it. Me? I Come can't back. Pause it. Pause it, John, right I now. John, John, John. Okay, so uh, Yoda CGI. So if you notice in the original episode one, uh, that they, I, what did they just update this for the Blu ray? I think that was. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure when they specialized and they, they redubbed them. I think it was for the Blu ray. But anyway, we had Puppet Yoda originally. Uh, this was a bad Puppet Yoda. I, I, uh, I almost don't remember it. I, I've watched this this copy so many times. I think I've probably seen this more times than I've not seen this one. It's Yoda like on drugs. It's yeah. bad. It's bad. So they, they redid it. They did the CG Yoda, uh, which they had done for episodes two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently they didn't discover they could really do that until epi- after episode one. But it's a, not that Yoda's super prominent in this movie, but it makes a big difference. He that, should uh, be. So top left, that's, that's the Yoda. Oh, don't like those eyes. No, not close. Yeah, like, I like that. It's just like weird. His face shape's different. It's like, yeah. It's what just happened? Not, yeah. So 2011 would tell us it's the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, so- we do get Puppet in Last Jedi, which Thank makes goodness. sense. goodness. Yeah. And again, I don't love that Puppet, but it's a lot, lot oh, better do. than what we saw in the original episode one. 
Oh my gosh, it's awful. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit off camera, but it was it was weird watching episode one then two because Yoda CGI looks better in one than two because they did it after the fact. Even it, Yoda's kind of, expressions oh, too. It's, it's noticeable. Like he looks much better in one than he does in two. His uh, like the expressions to the the things that Mace Windu say, or even towards the very end when he's having that one on one conversation with Obi Wan about Anakin, just. Uh, good job overall for that. So a small, small upgrade. Yeah. Um, not, the prequels haven't gone through nearly as much as the original trilogy uh, has in terms of updates, yikes. but that's a small one that benefited it. Um, casting, why don't we talk a little bit just about that? I want to start with Ian e. McDermott. I, yeah. I mean, uh, great. I mean, yeah, hold over from the original trilogy. More than welcome. How thrilling would that have been? I'm trying to get back in that mindset, like to, to have – Emperor Palpatine, and we're seeing, you know, we think about young Obi-Wan, we think about young Anakin, but not so much him, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, right. So we see Senator Palpatine and kind of his lack of on-screen rise to power, <laughs> but still a great performance. Oh, excellent. Yeah. One of the better ones in episode one, despite kind of a, a tough execution on some of the dialogue. And, and I was always confused about, because he was also Darth Sidious, and I was always confused about whether or not we were supposed to, like, you know, we're watching that, at least people being familiar with the original trilogy, like, oh, that's the Emperor. Like, those guys are the those played by the same guy. They're the same person. Like, are we, are we supposed to know that? I'm I not think sure so. if that's supposed to be a surprise or not, but okay. I think it's on the nose enough. I genuinely even, just realized that. Even I was people never watching sure. for the first time, I think that's supposed to be on the nose enough where, like, you're supposed to know, right? Okay. Like, there's not, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I, know. I, 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 I kind of see where you're coming from. Like, I wonder. Yeah, because I yeah, it's it's the w- the way it's depicted. It's like it's it seems like like maybe it's, it kind of seems like they were setting up for a surprise, but it was almost too obvious. Yeah, for that to happen. Yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, so I didn't have a problem with casting. To be honest, there there's not a single character I can point to that I could like that was terrible casting. This it's funny that they list Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd number one. Oh yeah, well, it was. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought for me it was more dialogue and direction, and the fact that they're working with non-practical sets. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's difficult look at this act. list though. I Liam mean, Neeson is a Jedi Master on paper. That's oh great. I, th- I thought even on film, I loved Qui Gon. Um, Natalie Portman. Uh, what do you need what, to say? She, be- she became a star, I would say, as a result of this, or right after this, right? Like yeah. she was not a, quite a household she, name just yet. No, not household. Right, name. She, yeah. She's been acting since she was eleven years old. She's like she's. A career actress, but this is what put her on the map. Like, I mean, critically, you and sure. McGregor too. I Leon, would say, come on. I'm not familiar enough with Ewan's po- or pre Star Wars career. Oh, Train Spotting, uh, uh, Shallow Grave, Danny Boyle movies. Um, those are where I'm most familiar with with him. And there Go goes Cameron B. Thanks a lot, Cameron B. Um, Ahmed Best, obviously, we mentioned as Jar Jar Binks. Uh, Anthony Daniels as C3PO is a nice thing. Uh, he's been in every single Star Wars movie to date. Uh, the only actor to be in every you single know, one. You know, Terrence Stamp was kind of wasted as Chancellor Valorum. Terrence Stamp mm, is yeah, great. Yep. He was he, that was kind of vanilla. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, know enough about him, but that character was definitely wasted. <laughs> I remember Terrence Stamp from um, Jim Carrey's movie Yes Man. Oh, okay, he's the guy uh, who like is on stage and he's like the leader of the Yes Man, which I think is funny. Nice. Uh, Frank Oz obviously as Yoda, legendary there. Mm. Uh, I actually liked uh, Pernilla August as Shmi Skywalker, so Anakin's yeah. mom. Oh, yeah, um, she was good. I thought, yeah, I thought sure. so, too. I thought she did a fine job, and, and honestly, that led into her a good brief performance in episode two, a meaningful Oh, yeah, that was a good uh, scene. Sequence. We'll get there. Kenny Baker, the late Kenny Baker, is uh, R2-D2. Oh, yeah, here we go. Are we skipping over Samuel L. Jackson? No, we're coming back to him. Uh, Sorry, I just had to look at the the. the why would Lloyd? you do that? The, so the, he actually the looks kind of cool. And the big, <laughs> well, that's dark side, Anakin. Oh man, 
I, that's his him and compared to his mugshot. I just had to click on that and take a look. Um, so I think he kind of actually looks like Vadery, uh, a little bit Vadery, and a little bit like Luke. There, I gotta say, like right. I can see it uh, more of a stretch or less of a stretch than Hayden Christensen. Um, anyway, this is uh, also great. Keira Knightley as one of the handmaidens. Oh, can we go back? That was confusing. Even today, that was confusing. When she was the queen and when she was in makeup, like I feel like there yeah. was a scene where she was the queen and, and the handmaiden wasn't, and then like, the next scene, nothing was supposed to have changed, and they flipped them. There was a story that, um, that Kira's was... mom, who was on set because her and Natalie Portman were both very young, sure, uh, did not know the difference between the two when they were both in makeup. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of crazy seeing them side by side. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some scenes where they weren't even sure and they're just like, this was just roll a... with it. <laughs> Roll with it. George is like, who do we got there? These kids are not going to know. We'll just edit a post. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was confusing for me as an adult. This that was, was pre- I'm with you. I, underst- now, I understood what they were going for, of course, but like the when and where she was switching, that was just like, that wasn't choreographed. That wasn't told to me properly. That was a sequence last night where I was like, who's on screen right now? Who's, who's the queen? Who's the Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is two years before Pirates of the Caribbean, so she exploded to fame after that. Uh, we did not mention, and we're getting back to Samuel L. Jackson. So the story, I believe, was that he kind of like begged George Lucas to be in this. Yes. So I don't know that. I know that Tupac Shakur begged George Lucas to be in this. <laughs> and this movie started filming <laughs> two months. Really? After, oh. This movie started filming two months after after his death. I didn't know and that. It, so there was no casting information out there, but the assumption was he was supposed to be Mace Windu. Oh, I didn't know that. I so, always heard that Sam wanted to, like, really, really wanted to be in this. Look up the Tupac stuff. I okay. think there's, like, interviews with him. Back. I mean, it makes sense for both of them to yeah. really want to be in it. Why not? Star for sure. Wars. I mean, yeah, these, these, they, they probably both grew up with Star Wars in, and Sam in, in different in ways. Every, every. Nowadays, was he back then? I, I guess I don't, I don't know enough about 90s movies to, to know if he was. But well, this is your guy. Sam Jackson? Yeah. Oh. He was in everything back then, You ever heard then, of too? Pulp Fiction? No. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> no. I mean, he was in, yeah, he was in Spike Lee movies. Yeah. He was in Die Hard 3. I mean, oh, yeah, he, he was a household He's name in at everything. that point, I would Oh, yeah, say. I knew he was a household name. I just know if he, didn't know if he was just cashing uh, checks like he is nowadays with trash movies. But um, Trash uh, movies? I'm sorry. I'm not going there. <laughs> Whoa. Holy hell. I'm really actually, happy about this dynamic. I, actually, I thought you guys were just going to gang up on me. All I literally so just said that for a reaction. I had no idea what I was talking about. You I've got one. I have, no, I have no... Context for what that right. what I was talking well, about there. After this, Seth is going to need about 45, 50 minutes tops with you just to explain things. There's nothing to explain. That was just a joke. Um, Mace Windu kind of wasted. Do we think he was great in this movie? Was the character wise? I mean, in this I movie, think there's a bad. lot that more that could have been done with Samuel L. Jackson. He's he's a lot more dynamic than Mace Windu. Yeah. Just kind of look at their Silas Cars. Greg Proop says. Bode. Bode. No, we don't really need to talk about What about boobs. the scene-stealing Rick McCallum? Rick McCallum was in episode one. I didn't even know that. Nebu Courier. So You can see them in the cockpit. Silas, you can see their heads moving. Uh, so, wow, that was like dead on. <laughs> Silas Carson is Newt Gunray. He's also Kiati Munde, the guy with the huge brain in the uh, oh, Jedi Council. Oh, yeah. Same the cone, guy. Conehead, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Sophia Coppola was in... I didn't even know this. I knew that. I know uh, he's friends with Francis Ford Coppola. Warwick Davis, you see him uh, most notably in the pod race sequence. Oh, yeah, he's next to Jabba, right? Yep, yep. Hanging out there. Uh, he was, he was, was he Wicket? Wicket, Willow. Yes. Um, he's in Solo. He's a, he's a cameo in every Star Wars movie now. Peter Serafinowicz cool. was the voice of Darth Maul, who um, you might know from... Uh, 
Shaun of the Dead, um, the John Wick movies, not the John Fick movies. Uh, I always think Wick. I'm saying John Wick, and I have to go back and, and make um, sure I didn't say that. Yeah, not, not an the Tick, the new Amazon Tick series, the John yeah. Tick movies. Uh, we talked the about John Ray Park <laughs> as Darth Maul, obviously incredible choreography yeah. Uh, yeah, for his great. part. Great whoosh, loved it. But uh, I think we've basically covered everyone uh, that was prominent. In yeah. That. I think overall, I, I think casting. It's a good cast. Casting was fine. There was no uh, uh, the fact that all the acting was bad makes me believe that it wasn't the acting that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it, Seth. So yeah, right. What's the common denominator? Exactly. Is, is, is the thing there? You want to just scroll on I'm and just see? I don't know peeping. if there's a. J- whoa, whoa, wait a minute. James Taylor was in episode one. Where? James Taylor. He was Rune Hako. I don't know who that these is. I've just found out. I don't know if any of these. Like once we get this James far to the right, I don't know if these are. This is, all, this is all fake. Are accurate? So yeah, no, I'm sure they're they're all real. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, yeah, that blew my mind. Okay. Yeah, um, we talked about the Qui Gon uh, noble end spoiler, which I thought was oh, hilarious yeah. with Jared Petty. Yeah, that was cool. Um, before we get to where it stands in our current rankings here, what um. Any any final thoughts on this movie? Nah, nah, just no final <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, I think just I'm the, okay. Seth, a man, a few words. Sum it up. I think it for once. It's not a good movie, but there's a lot mm-hmm. to enjoy. It is very Star Wars. I think the lightsaber battles were very refreshing. Thought pod racing was fun, especially as a kid. I liked it, and I don't hate it as an adult. That's where I'm at with it. Wasn't good, but it's uh, it's what we got. I will continue to watch it every year that there's a Star Wars movie and probably years that there are not Star Wars movies. So it is what it is. It is its own flavor. And I do, I do have a lot of nostalgia for it. And sometimes I do want to watch it, even though I, I, I recognize it's not a, it's, it's yeah, not a good movie. And, uh, but yeah, it, it does have its own identity. It has its own place. Uh, so we talked about this coming out May 19th, 1999. Did you realize it was in theaters till November 4th? Holy cow. Yeah, they used Makes to sense. That used to happen, right? It was back in like the Titanic days where it was in theaters for months. Movies months. were not so accessible. Now we have them on, on home video three months after release. It's, yeah. And that will be even shorter, I imagine, in a few years. Yeah. So Day one digital. Give it to me. Oh, gosh. No. Rankings here. Uh who wants to go first? Where do you have it in your current ranking? I'll go first. Uh, if you would have asked me on Friday, I would have said second last behind Attack of the Clones. If you ask me now that I watch both of those movies back to back, this is definitely worse. So you have it 10. Yeah, this is the worst Star Wars movie. I have it at 10. I uh, I think that, yeah, compared to the other prequel stuff, I think there's some other prequel stuff, specifically episode two, that is kind of messier in a lot of ways. And there are things about it that are worse. But <laughs> Phantom Menace ultimately is such a... It's just such a slog. It's just there's. It's just so boring to get through. It's just less interesting. It's the least interesting to watch. Um, so most forgettable. Though, no, no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah. So no, yeah, and, and ultimately, it's the most unnecessary. So uh, yeah, number ten. Other ten is that the last? Is that last place? Yeah. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the eight, and then solo Two, and Rogue One. So we're yeah. there. We're all together. So this may come as a surprise. I have a number ten as well. Oh, uh, okay. Because something had to be last, and uh, <laughs> we'll talk about. Solo when we get to it because it's that, a higher number oh, ten that, that, that caused uh, some some internet uh, controversy recently. But anyway, yeah, I've got it uh, ten, kind of with the thought that if it's Star Wars, I like it. Let's be honest. I'm I'm gonna admit that. I, I agree. No, I agree with that too. I I like I, anything Star Wars. I liking and recognizing quality is different in my mind. Sure. Yeah. Like, mm. well, go read my solo review. You'll see what oh I scored my. it. Even though I love Solo. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But uh, this was a really fun episode. I'm actually 
really excited to see where this goes uh, over the course of this this mini series here. Again, hindsight, a Star Wars series, will be available in podcast form on iTunes and SoundCloud as well as on YouTube. Uh, so that's youtube.com slash the Geekiverse. Uh, what do we wrap up here? What's on uh, the burner for you for Geekiverse and where can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm going to start with John. Uh, social media on all platforms at Disruptoid. You find me there. Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, doing some streaming, playing lots of video games, doing that kind of mostly with all my free time, watching bad Star Wars movies and streaming video games. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me. All right, Seth. I, uh, well, uh, the Geekiverse uh, in the form of Seth and Nate are going to be at Retro Game Con in Syracuse this weekend. So that's going to be very cool. And um, other than that, uh, we're going to be re- keep rolling on with this. And uh, just me, I am uh, highly anticipating not only the Rise of Skywalker, but... Death Stranding as well, which I'll be Ooh. playing very shortly. Oh, yeah. Yep. So uh, that's that's the gist. For me, uh, so by the time this is aired, um, I'll have gotten my hands on Luigi's Mansion 3. Can't wait for that. Uh, and then Death Stranding Mario. is next for me. Mm. And after Death Stranding, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. All right. So all it's, right. Uh, it's a fun time to be a gamer. Can't wait. So uh, shortly, you'll be able to read my review. If you are into gaming on Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, spoiler alert, it's going to be a really nice number. Uh, They did a really good job with it, both in multiplayer and single player. But if you love Star Wars, you are in the right place. Uh, I am on social media at Josiah D. Leroy. I don't have uh, as cool of a Twitter handle as either of these guys. I just have my name. It's boring. All right. I'm Cap Americanski. Cap Americanski. My name was taken, so I made something up. Disruptoid. It's great. Um, I asked him what it, it meant, and he's like, I just made it up. It's good. I literally sat there one day, and I found a website that just compared all social platforms and told you what was taken, and I just <laughs> kept throwing shit at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a good Disruptoid's one. Disruptoid's good, yeah. That happened. Uh, so last thing to plug here, in addition to the forthcoming episodes in this hindsight series, uh, is we recently launched a brand new show at the Geekiverse. In addition to Geek Scott Game and The Memory Machine, you can now listen and watch on a monthly basis to Pluscast, which is a Disney Plus themed show. We talk about all of the news surrounding it, previews, reviews for past episodes, so on and so forth. A lot of Star Wars content coming. Mm. Lots, lots. So Mandalorian coming in just a few short weeks. But uh, John and I, uh, along with Amanda, had our first episode filmed at David Adams uh, just this past week. So you'll be able to watch that very shortly. And honestly, it's it's a good episode to watch. If for no other reason, it's Disney Plus 101. We give you the ins and outs of everything that is coming to what's going to be a mega streaming giant. So, for Seth, for John, I'm Josiah. Thank you so much for watching. We'll catch you for the next episode. May the Force be with you. So, lots of Star Wars coverage coming up, including The Mandalorian, uh, specifically on Disney Plus. Tune in to Pluscast uh, for all the most up-to-date in-depth Star Wars coverage, I promise you, you're not going to find a better place than the Geekiverse. What would you know about promises? You never keep your promises. You never do anything you say you're going to do, ever. Damn you, Howard. (laughs) (laughs) That was like Tommy Wiseau right there. (laughs) That's what I got off of that. (laughs) Was it? Should I I do it? You can't break me. You can't break me. (laughs) You can't.